When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody welcome to another edition of big chris live however tonight's episode uh this is being recorded on thursday the 7th uh i'm having a bit of a dispute with facebook right now uh i violated their terms again and it wasn't because of nudity this time it was a meme that i made it's a big misunderstanding uh the uh, turmoil in the united states yesterday um there was that guy who was sitting on that chair and he had his fist up in the air in Congress, and he was like, yeah. Well, I shared a meme on my Facebook page that said, O'Doyle rules. Now, that's a funny uh, reference. Because solid. O'Doyle is the, yeah, O'Doyle is the bully from yeah. the Billy Madison movie who mm-hmm. uh, is a dick. And so I guess Facebook's bots haven't seen that movie. So they thought that I was saying that guy rules, and therefore uh, I am now on strike two. That's strike two in like two months. And it, so, wasn't, wow. it wasn't even dicks either. No, exactly. It wasn't even nudity. Like it was just Not a... this time. Uh, was, I don't know. I saw a picture of the guy. He looked like a dick. Yeah. So it could be an all dick thing. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. You have been great. Chris, again, right. thanks for the offer to be on the podcast. Have a good night, everybody. All right. So let me introduce the panel here, the roundtable panel on the screen in the upper left-hand corner. We've got, in the upper left-hand corner, we've got Matt McLean, a return guest from the last episode. Mm-hmm. This is a carryover, something that started with our discussion. Matt McLean from Fresh Radio in Barry, in the top right corner, a friend of mine, a friend of all, a lot of ours, actually, and even Eric Johnson in the bottom left corner. I think you guys have like a ton of mutual friends on Facebook if you're not friends already. But Sean Gibson from Barry Today, also a wrestling promoter. Uh, and uh, then I mentioned Eric as well in the bottom left-hand corner. Eric tours a stand-up comedian, but also a huge wrestling fan. And he has a really cool project in the works that we're going to talk about today on the podcast. And Mark Davis, lower right-hand corner. Mark was on the last episode where I had to just pump yeah. the brakes on his fandom. He's literally within the first five minutes, he started talking about wrestling randomly. And I was like, hey, actually, in the new year, we've got an episode planned specifically about this. So Mark is back on the podcast. Welcome to all of you guys. How's it going? Thanks for having How's it going? us. Thank you. It's awesome. Let's do it. So before we jump into wrestling and the title of this episode is what's the fucking deal with wrestling? Okay. Because (laughs) I don't know anything about it, but before we jump into that, it's their job to prove to me why wrestling is cool. I believe I have the high ground here. We'll find out by the end of the episode, but off the top, I do want to take it to serious town because the reason that I was getting some, uh, issues in Facebook land was because of the politically charged nature of these times. And the politically charged nature meant that Facebook was on super patrol, um, 
looking for problems or looking for politically charged memes. That's how I got strike number two yesterday and, well, the last 48 hours, really, in the United States. I know we're here to talk about wrestling, but you guys are all very thoughtful people. But I want to start with Mark Davis because you, I think, for once, you're the most qualified person on the panel, Mark, <laughs> because he works at CFRB 1010 in Toronto, a news talk radio station. You get a lot of news in your ear all day, every day, Mark. What's your take on uh, the last 24, 48 hours in America? Honestly, the past two days have been the longest two work days I've ever had. And I think we all share the same thing where we saw that on TV and we were just in disbelief. Yeah. Like if we're talking about wrestling, it was almost like a Royal rumble of stupid people just like slamming into Congress. And I, I like things that like, it was one thing that they stormed into um, they stormed into Congress. Cause we had our own incident kind of like that. Remember it was like years ago where we had that um, attack on parliament and even that like brought up, our own security. They're going to have to relook at that now, but not even that, the fact that a guy got all the way to Nancy Pelosi's desk. Yeah. Is that not wild? Uh, yeah. He could have logged into her computer and uh, approved everybody for $2,000 stimulus checks. If he wanted yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. They could have got that stimulus check thing through pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it's, it's kind of weird because, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to be behind all Trump, no matter what, um, even as he exits office, but even what happened yesterday, that's turned some people around, even people yeah. that were his biggest supporters. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, also uh, it's f so funny how this whole thing, really Donald Trump in general ties into wrestling. He was in rest. He was in a couple of like, he was part of the show for a while. Wasn't he? WrestleMania. WWE Hall of Fame. Is he in the hall of fame? Is he? I didn't know that. Yes, he is so, in he, he is in the WWE <laughs> Hall of Fame. And there was actually a storyline once where he bought the TV show Monday Night Raw. And in real life, that announcement, even though it was storyline, dropped WWE stock down so far for a few days. Wow. They had to do it right away. Wow. And and uh, up to you in the upper right-hand corner, Sean Gibson from Barry Today, a member of, I guess, the print journalism world, but I guess that, that's really, it's a blog, online journalism world. Um, and, digital and, print? Is that what you call it? Print. I've heard digital some people print. say yeah. digital print. Is that a real thing? That's what they call it. Yeah, digital print. Okay, yeah. so digital print media. Uh, anyways, your take Ooh, on nice. uh, yesterday. Um, I, I think... I think we become immune to, or not immune, but we're mute. We're we're kind of like numb to it because there's the memes and the jokes, and every day we were wondering what Trump was going to do next. And for the last month, it's been quiet. Um, yeah, and so we're boring almost. Jokes. Yeah, there, there's the unbelievability of it. Um, but it, even to take it serious for a sec, though, I, I remember I said to my wife because we've got we've got kids at age, they range from eighteen to like uh, fourteen. So like we got four teens mm -hmm. that are like in that area and then a little baby, but they, that's all they know. And they think that that's yeah. normal. Like we've had to have conversations at the dinner table that said, this is not, that's not what's real. They're like, Oh man, you see what Trump did? It was so funny. It was, I was like, that's not how you act. That is not how a president, acts. you cannot like the U S or their politics or for what they stand for through their history, but that is not a presidential act. And that's not, how, and he should be, he should be arrested for what he for what he incited yesterday. Yeah. 
Eric Johnson, your uh, take, my friend, the comedian's take. What's your, uh, <laughs> if there is any laughs to be oh, had? Oh, God. I, you know what? I've always, I've said this on shows before. My job as a comedian, I feel my job as a comedian is to make people forget about the world. When, yeah. when I do, when I do my hour, there's nothing current affairs. Like even when I was doing my shows in the middle of COVID, when I got, went on this little mini tour with these 50 capacity rooms, I didn't talk about masks. I didn't talk about anything. I don't know. I think since to kind of loop this into wrestling, you know, they say in the industry, there's good heat and there's bad heat. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is bad heat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, I don't know take, anything about wrestling, but I know well, that that's that. I know what that means. <laughs> yeah. So he did, you know, my dad used to say, you know, he, the, the more, the more heat he had, the more money he made, which is a reality. And I think the sensationalism of this world is, you know, people are tuning in, you know, the more crazy Trump is, everyone's watching CNN, everyone's yeah. watching the news, sponsorship and whatever. It's crazy. I don't even know what to say anymore. Like people, yeah. I, it, as I, a comedian, I should, I, my job as a comedian is to stay right down the middle, not be left, not be right, see yeah. both sides and make fun of both. I'm looking around just watching the news, like literally scared. Like, I don't know what, the, I can't make anything funny about this. I hope it blows over. It's, it's really bad. Isn't yep. it crazy that this is a man who has control of nukes? Yeah, well, yeah, they're I, saying that. I heard today that the Defense Department uh, has cut off all White House. Like they've told their staff, like, "Hey, if any direction comes down from the White House, you don't take it. You come to me or whoever that head person was in the Defense well, that's good. Department." Yeah, so they're they're already on top of protecting the nukes because obviously the Orange Man is having a tantrum. Um, uh, Eric, uh, I love, uh, also you mentioned your dad there. Uh, we're going to talk about Eric's, uh, upcoming uh, documentary that he's working on. We're gonna talk about your dad because he was a professional wrestler. Um, yeah, that's correct. Bullwhip Johnson. will uh, put up a picture of him here on the screen. There he is. Bullwhip Johnson. We'll talk a little bit about him a little later on. And Matt McLean, uh, top left corner. Lastly, just on the whole, uh, uh, events in the United States, your take. I don't So couple things number one how on earth i would figure especially after 9 11 a federal building in washington yeah. dc like that it should be you should be able to see the people coming and then run in and in the worst case scenario would be like okay full lockdown and then they hit the buttons and then everything comes down and they're yeah. like oh shit that was that was pretty close yeah. i don't know how they could even get in and I noticed it, the people in the front, they all had like full, they looked like SWAT team. Like they had full tactical. They had the, the gloves with like oh, the plate. Malicious over the style. Knuckles. Yeah. And I'm like, so like, and then once they got in, <laughs> they didn't know what to do. It's like yeah. that Travolta meme where he's yeah. just. <laughs> yeah. Looking around his ass. I don't know. Like, what did you find? What did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and then also in the um it's i forget what it's called the the statue hall or something it's all these pieces of art and there's these velvet ropes mm -hmm. and when they stormed the capitol they nobody they did the one thing they did it was they didn't cross the velvet ropes they kept everything <laughs> yeah, they were, or anything. Yeah. they kept an orderly they were orderly through this hall of statues and they were breaking shit everywhere else that's, that's great that's yeah. a great fit yeah they, they they're anarchists but they still respect the rules of the velvet rope <laughs> yeah it's because mm. of the amount of clubbing they do yeah <laughs> yeah i think too like just i think we should, <laughs> obviously from this the societal side of things is you know, being looking at the panel, we should probably make mention that had that crowd looked a little different, 
there probably would have been a lot more violence and yeah. possibly more deaths. There's sure. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of yeah. that comparison going on out yeah. there too. Uh, you know about the various photos of how the the protesters or the rioters were being dealt with. They uh, look like they could have been wrestling fans. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so gonna true. pay for the place next time they do it. I'm yeah, gonna I was say, I'm like an indie show. Everyone's standing around, <laughs> <laughs> like like it's like images you can smell. You know that. <laughs> well, now that I've seen how lax the security is at Congress, I think I'm gonna go and just see if I can walk in and use the washroom at the Pentagon. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah, just give luck. it a shot. Yeah, what the fuck. <laughs> Anyways, thanks guys. I thought we just. I think uh, they're gonna wrap the whole congressional district in a velvet rope. Now they know what works. <laughs> kryptonite <laughs> I, I thought it would it behooved us to to just talk a bit about that to stay current because in the middle of that chaos on on the news uh the other day you know i remember uh tuning into twitter and seeing a a, a person on the radio a radio fellow radio broadcaster and they were doing a twitter and call-in segment wrapped around what kind of old VHS tapes do you have around your house? And I was like, talk about being fucking tone deaf. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's anarchy going on in uh, in the 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 freest, most original democracy in the world. Uh, you, you know, you, you may you may want to stow your VHS trivia for another day. That's the way I felt about it. So as much as we're here to, to have some laughs and, and get to know each other all and and uh, and uh, talk about wrestling and have you guys convince me why wrestling's great, um, I'm glad we had that chat off the top. So, all right. Can someone fucking explain it to me? <laughs> uh, now that we'll we're make past a, We'll all... make a mark out of you yet. Yes. <laughs> so, like... Okay, so like I think maybe as a fourth grader, I liked wrestling. I think there was a moment there, but my mom, again, very, very progressive. She didn't like violence, and we would spend an hour at the video store trying to rent a video, and I'd say, hey, mom, can we rent WrestleMania? And she'd be like, no, there's just too much violence in that, you know? And uh, can we watch, can we get Police Academy? No, there's too many, too much nudity in that for you. You know, there was always some reason. And, and I think that, uh, you know, she quashed any hopes of, of WrestleMania along with, you know, I think maybe fourth grade, there was some friends who were into wrestling on the schoolyard, but they didn't talk to girls and they always wore sweatpants. And I was kind of like, all right, I'm not. Sounds like my kind of people. They sound cool. I actually wouldn't mind hanging with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sweatpants with rubber boots when it was rainy. So I was like, eh, I don't know. And, and I just, I just never got into it. And and I think maybe the, maybe the only cross section between sex and wrestling that I ever had as a youth was in seventh grade, where my buddy stole a porno tape from his other buddies, older brother or something. And we had it at our sleepover party. We had the porno tape and we were going to watch it. And what was it called? The Bushwhackers. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Bushwhackers, the classic duo who I do know. I do recognize the Bushwhackers. Either, either way, it was a tag team. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah the wrestlers yeah. always 
just lick each other's heads. Yes. Oh, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave that artwork up on the screen for too long because you know you'll get banned from Facebook again. The fucking yeah, he's, he's on his second strike. I can't take Watch. three strikes, man. Are Are you sure you want to do this? I don't have any followers on YouTube. I can't go to YouTube, guys. This is it. I can't. I can't fuck up Facebook. That's all I got. Um, but, uh, I see there's a lot of show and tell guys. Uh, I see a wrestling belt between, uh, behind Sean. There was somebody flashing a VHS wrestling, WrestleMania yeah, tape. Well, you were talking about the video store. I actually found the exact tape that you were trying to rent in my basement. WrestleMania four on beta. It's a double beta. This oh my is God. crazy. I, I do remember that one. You got Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan on the front. Now, this is the piece de la resistance uh, of this tape is when you open it up, it's a Hulk Hogan <laughs> pop out. Uh, and this has been in this basement probably that. since this came out. And it's live uh, at Trump Plaza, by the way. So uh, yeah, there was Trump a, works his way into this one. Yeah, Coco Beware is on here and Honky Tonk Man, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, who I've worked with yeah. a couple times. Nice cool. guy uh yeah but ultimate warrior hercules this is this is crazy i got tons of these down here in the basement and i've never watched oh my them. god no i don't have a, don't, a beta player oh yeah it's a beta oh it's beta it's beta say, wow. yeah that's hard to come by i have a bunch of my dad's wrestling matches on tape like him wrestling johnny canine and all these people uh on beta tape and uh yeah some greg oliver who's a, a sports writer uh, reached out to me and he's like do you have any tapes of canine i'm like i have a ton but they're on beta uh, <laughs> which so. which tapes were you looking for for canine was it wrestling or was uh, it well, like I, I've, I've seen both sides of that, that yeah. <laughs> chris uh, chris i'll tell you about this wrestler johnny canine before yeah. we before we go on before we go into everyone else's paraphernalia uh johnny canine was a uh the leader of the satan's choice motorcycle gang oh. my dad broke hmm. him into wrestling in the late 80s and 90s um and uh he was a, a career criminal like he went to jail for sounds like a police station in Sudbury uh he was accused of murdering a couple in, at Ancaster uh he moved out to BC to clean his life up and join the uh the uh, UN gang there and tried to kill the Bacon brothers uh and he's dead now he moved back to Hamilton and uh King, he was in Kingston Penitentiary he used to get KP. two phone calls a week he would call his girlfriend and he would call my house to talk to my dad once a week, I get it. You have a collect call from, hey, it's K-9, <laughs> Kingston Penitentiary. <laughs> and they'd be like, dad, it's K-9. And then they would just talk for hours. Wow. No one ever tried to take the tried to take the phone away from Johnny Kane. I, I will tell I you that. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, I'm, I'm fascinated with these stories, Eric, because, you know, you and I have connected in a, a, a comedian sort of vibe and, and you know, in a live setting. But I, I've never really talked to you about wrestling. And, and that's why I thought you were perfect to be on this podcast. And if anyone can convince me, I know it's this panel that wrestling's not that bad. And that story was badass. I'm like, <laughs> all right. I was even thinking in my head, fucking wrestling. OK, it's pretty badass. All I'll, I'll tell you, wait, hold on, before I want to go this story, I want yeah. to see Mark's belt that he's had propped on his shoulder waiting for his waiting for his spot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark, what do you got there, bud? Um, it's the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, my God. Is that a real one? Uh, it's like a a so it's a replica. Wow. It's like the actual medical re metal replica. So my girlfriend, Jen, I love her to death. Yeah. Uh, my 30th birthday just passed, and I remember met mentioning to her, passingly that like you know even when i was a kid i always wanted one of these 
And she later told me that she was browsing through Amazon looking at these. And these, this is like a $400 belt. It's a $400 wrestling belt where there is very limited places where this is acceptable to bring or wear or just like <laughs> hang around. And she told me that she was in front of her computer buying me this. And before she clicked the link that said buy, said to herself, this is the stupidest fucking thing I have ever bought. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, right now it just uh, sits on the mantle and well, my room until I can Above the out. bed. He gets to become the world champion every single night. If you know <laughs> hey, and that's also, uh, and also not, you guys also proved to me that those kids that were in fourth grade walking around in track pants and rubber boots, uh, you know what, that, that they may not have been interested in girls then, but you guys all, well, I don't know about you, Eric, but I know all you guys are all in committed relationships and happy. Eric, how are you doing, by the way? You I good? get a nice girl almost every night. And then the yeah, morning, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily one per se. No, with Eric. I'm, I'm working the road. I can't get you tied down right now. I might have a kid in Sault Ste. Marie, but I'm doing all right. Sault <laughs> <laughs> Ste. Marie. All right. Yeah, Sorry. Uh, Anyways. I've just I'm really small into the absurdity of wrestling. Davis called that a champion. Uh, uh, what did he call it? A belt? Uh, it's I'm a not supposed title. to call. I'm not supposed to call it a belt. I forgot about. Oh, that. there's no. a code. There's like a. You can't call it a belt. Vince, well, Vince McMahon hates the word. Yeah. Oh. He doesn't like calling it a belt, a strap, anything like that. No, it's a title. It's a championship. He doesn't even like title anymore. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, really. <laughs> Just trying to mix it up, eh? He's gotten. It's almost like when the Beatles were just like, "All right, we're done performing." You know? <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's it's, 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 it's yeah. almost like Vince McMahon is not a stable human being. So yeah. Um, well, he's dying. Uh, Chris, hold on. Before we yeah. go on, I want to talk about how this you keep chirping these kids in track pants and uh, oh. and <laughs> rain boots because that's what I see you wearing every time I see you. From <laughs> 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 chirping them to you're like, actually, it's pretty comfortable, and I've been stoned most of the listen, day. Listen, man. <laughs> Me at at Lowe's on a Sunday picking up at the garden center is one thing. All right. <laughs> But yeah, Did I you think that at your wedding. <laughs> yeah, because got two hours. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. OB shirts now. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So also, Eric, you mentioned um, some of those classic that video cassette you have the, that those classic matchups uh, like Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. I mean, I don't know anything about wrestling, but I've heard of that match. What is, in all of your opinions, the like ultimate match? Is there a you know like um, I can guess three out of the four, but go ahead. Like, <laughs> like start the start me up by the Rolling Stones or the uh, the Alive okay. by Pearl well, Jam editions yeah, of WrestleMania. I'll do this. I'll do this two ways. I'll do my my personal favorite that means the most personal to me, mm -hmm. and then I'll do the one that makes me pop the most, and I'll explain to you what a pop is. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, we don't care about the personal one. Just if you have one about Hulk Hogan, maybe you can do. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I love Hulk, but I, I'm a product. So I, when I was a kid, wrestling because my dad was a wrestler. He was yeah. gone most of my childhood. You know, I really didn't even realize what my dad did until about '96, '97. He, I just knew he wasn't around. Like I would go to the matches, obviously as a kid, but I didn't really understand what he was till about '96, '97, '98. This is the start of the attitude era. 
mm. of the WWE. So I, I'm a big product of the, of the WWE attitude era, which is the rock and, and stone cold and that era, my, you know, my, the one that makes me pop the most, which makes me the most excited uh, is I believe WrestleMania 18 it's rock versus stone cold. And there was a promo that they cut for that match and it's to limp biscuit my way. <laughs> and there's a whole buildup that, promo is the best wrestling promo ever yeah. cut together when i did the comedy store in los angeles i opened for russell peters humble brag i had to throw that in there but what before i went on before i was backstage with headphones in watching that promo just to get into the mood and just and just get in my own fucking excitedness uh that match makes me makes me pop the most uh the one i hate the most montreal screw job we'll talk about that uh, and then my personal favorite that for me, it's a, on a personal level is Starcade 90, uh, because my dad was in it. WWC, oh, cool. WCW Starcade 90. It was his first big, uh, he got put over. It was basically a squash match. My dad was team Canada versus the USSR. Uh, and then, cool. and in that, uh, in that year, there was a lot of real heat in the world between the USA and the USSR again. So they wanted to build up this big thing. Uh, so in the in the grand finale was USA versus USSR. Um, now someone had to go down, so USSR to go through. Who's it going to be? The polite Canadians. So mm -hmm. the Canadians went out. Basically, it was a squash match. It was over in like two minutes. Uh, but it was in Saint, uh, Salt Lake City. There were seventeen thousand people in attendance. Hundreds of thousand people watched around the world. And actually, it's it, it's it's a very personal moment. But Jr. is so green. Uh, uh, Jim Ross, the commentator. He actually mis mixes up my dad and his tag partner's name. Oh. So when my dad's in the ring, he's calling my dad Troy Montour. When Troy Montour's in the ring, he's calling him Bullet huh. Johnson. Because and, and, and it just shows that JR didn't know what the fuck was going on. He yeah. didn't care. They're like, hey, we got to get these Canadians squashed <laughs> and get them out of here. Uh, we got to build up our main event. Uh, that's my favorite match to watch because it's you know, obviously so personal. Something I will add to um, uh, Eric's mention of um, the Limp Biscuit. What's a promo? It's like the uh, it's like the hype up package before you yeah. watch a UFC it's like the trailer. Fight. Yeah, it's a YouTube yeah. fifteen second YouTube thing now. Oh it's, yeah, it's it, like two minutes. This one though. <laughs> wow, you feel like you are about to watch this series finale yeah. of wrestling. You yeah. feel like wrestling is about to end after this match, and with Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock the two most recognizable people in wrestling, you can't help but get hyped for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, even though a lot of people talk shit about Limp Biscuit, like wrestling influenced a lot of people's music tastes and it made me like Limp Biscuit. Dude, I love Creed because of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> you love Creed? Oh, I would never have yes. <laughs> Like if you if you watch wrestling, chances are you're into Creed, you're into Puddle back. of Mud. This is where you guys are getting yeah. me fucking off the wagon uh, there. <laughs> the fucking criminal guys, I was, yeah, I'm into this, yeah. And I'm like, oh, fucking Creed, no, I'm out. Um, all right, now let's get back to the memorabilia. Sean Gibson, what do you got there behind you? What's that belt? You've got, or sorry, that that what do we call? It? Oh, you sorry, what's the uh, so I I have we have um, we have four different championships at, at, in Barry Wrestling. So we've got the women's yeah. title that's been um, retired type thing, but we've got the heavyweight title that's with the guy, the champion Mark Wheeler, and that's in Hamilton right now. The three pistols titles with Pretty Ricky, the champion in Brantford, but these are these are vacant, and this is just one of the two of the 400 North Tag Team titles. 
So I'm a big Canadiana fan. So, yeah, so that's one half of the, the 400 North Tag Team Championships, which are vacant right now. That is so cool. So Yeah, we've got, we've got four. Well, five for a tag team. So when you that. say we, it's Barry Wrestling? That's the, Barry Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. so so our, I don't know. Maybe you ha- you know or maybe you don't. But what the, if, if you're sourcing just one of those trophies, or what are we, what's the proper, to- proper nomenclature? Yeah, maybe you can title you ignorant slut. <laughs> <laughs> Now he's now he's for sure banned. No, yeah. no, actually, no. We can say that that we could. Yeah, I've yeah. sworn up a storm here. But yeah. uh, sorry. Um, so what would what would I call it again? What's a, a real championship? Championship. A championship. Yeah. All right. So how much would one of those championships cost? Like just uh, so in the raw, like to get one made, like that one, like a blank yeah. one. So this was this is a, a tag team one. So there was two ordered, mm-hmm. and they came to I think it's like six sixty. Because it's very basic, the back like there's not a lot of plates on the side. My uh, my heavyweight title was on its own was 500. Wow. And the three pistols title was uh, it was the first the three pistols championship was the first one I got and it was about 400. It was like a foam not foam like the toy one, but it's not as leathery as the other ones. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they can ring you up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, with Barry wrestling, I mean, things this year, this past year, uh, you know, 2020, as they say, and even though we're in 2021, the hangover is still there. Uh, you know, what was the impact like, you know, for you at Barry wrestling, the same as, yeah. as all other performance industries, I'd imagine. Yeah, it, it was huge. I mean, March 7th, 2020 was our last show and it was Jan. I mean, we're, we're sold out from in the fall and the, in the spring, like, from September to, to April, we're pretty much sold out. And March was monstrous. It was a huge, huge crowd. And so many plans going forward, so many ideas. We were getting into production and um, just stopped. And, and I mean, for me, I, I realized throughout the summer, it didn't really affect me. Like, I mean, I was missing it, but, you know, I, I we don't take money from the show. Like, it's, yeah. it's a whole thing I started. Don't take money from it because that's when you get all greasy and all that as a promoter. And, um, and I was busy with the news. I mean, I was reporting the news. So yeah, I you have miss- a full-time job. Yeah. I got a full-time <laughs> job, 300 kids. I mean, I got, a, I got stuff going on, but when it got close to when we could start filming things um, and start doing stuff, I, I really hit me. I saw one company do a show outdoors and I was like, damn it. Yeah. I miss it. And so we, yeah. when we were able to, we filmed, we filmed two shows um, before lockdown happened. Um, but they were empty arena, no fans, no crowd. Um, but I'll tell you, the wrestlers are taking the biggest hit. Those like, it's what they, it's what they love, and they love mm-hmm. doing it. They don't make a ton of money off it. It's mm-hmm. all passion, um, and their mental health's taking a hit for it for sure. Yeah, and and uh, stop me if I'm wrong here, guys. But you know, I watched what was uh, the Mickey Rourke? What was the uh, was it Mickey the wrestler, Rourke, the wrestler? The wrestler yeah. yeah, I just have the impression that the most wrestlers don't have the greatest mental health. I don't know. No. <laughs> you know what? And I was going to say that to Thanks you as well. Movie, when, yeah. you said, when you said we were going to come on and try to convince you, this isn't going to convince you, but one thing yeah. I'd say is is um, there's an underlying thing with all fans and everything. It's one, wrestling appeals primarily to a low to middle income family. It's a cheap form of entertainment for people who can't afford skates and join hockey. Mm. And if that's the case, these kids are probably in single family dwellings and try to escape their surroundings. That's the majority. I should say majority. That's definitely how I grew up. 
but I can see it with many people. And this is such an escape for fans and wrestlers, the, the fantasy world, the good guys, the bad guys. And now it's gone. And, yeah. and you might think, well, they got movies, but they're not into it. They want wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. They want the real thing. Yeah. yeah it, it, I can, I can see how any, um, uh, fan, like, it, like, I would say beyond fans for wrestling, it's it's next level fanship. But any any uh, event that has fans like like wrestling fans, yeah, I think that the, a lot of them are using it as an escape. Yeah, you're you're not wrong there, Sean, for yeah. sure. Um, over to uh, Matt McLean now. Matt, do you have a piece of memorabilia? Is it is it a Mexican wrestling mask? Because I swear to God, the four years I've known Matt, he's been in a me- re- Mexican wrestling mask thirty percent of the time. I knew it. <laughs> this is a promotional item. El Freshito. Yeah, Fresh Radio, Barry. There we go. Get the I didn't know in. Fresh Radio was a Mexican Oh, my outfit. God. <laughs> we got that's, these first. That's, yeah. that's like 30% of the chorus budget right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I got this bad boy. Hulk Hogan shampoo. Oh, wow. wow. And as you that's can so see, look at that full head of hair. I mean, that's uh, a five head if I ever saw it, but that's yeah. a full head of hair, too. Wow. So is that an original, like... Hulk Hogan shampoo and you haven't opened it like you bought a Coca-Cola bottle in 1988 and kept it and didn't open it? No, I got it from some crackhead on a buy and sell for two bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, alleged crackhead. (laughs) Suspected. Suspected. I I smelt burnt plastic when I walked to their front door. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you guys have so many butter knives on the stove? Can I get my shampoo bottle now? Yeah. Now, Eric Johnson, uh, you know, I saw, and good on you too, you know, during this pandemic, you know, we talk about how wrestling's been hit and there have been some outdoor shows, but for the most part, much like stand-up comedy. Comedy clubs weren't able to open or haven't been able to open for a good portion of the last year. And, uh, and but I've seen you out there slugging, doing online stuff. You had a New Year's Eve thing. You, you know, you've had backyard campfire stuff last summer. Um, yeah. You know, I thought that... Uh, that was showed some real initiative, man. And how was the reaction to that? Like, you know what? It's like again, and coming to the loop all of the back into wrestling. My dad was kind of like, you know, by any means necessary type guy. Whatever territory was booking is the territory that he lived in. Like, you know, seven yeah. days after my parents got married, my dad moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, because that was the territory that he was working in. For me, you know, the first week of March, or yeah, so the first week of March, I did. Uh, seven sold out shows at the Laugh Factory in Chicago. I did 450 people a night. Uh, it was insane. And I thought that 2020 was going to be my year. I got my full U.S. work permit. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing these sold out shows at the Laugh Factory in the Comedy Bar in Chicago. I and and Eric, can I, just, can I just stop you there for two seconds? By sure. the way, I've known Eric since 2011. And you've <laughs> just just to reinforce what Eric's saying, he's I mean, he's getting all these awesome gigs now. But I remember when you did as many gigs, but they were to like three people at a laundromat in Hamilton. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're right. And that's Dude. when I did comedy with you. We were doing yeah, it together with yeah. three people at a laundromat. <laughs> and, and you've and you've you've been there for the progression. It's like when people kind of see. It. Yeah. See, you know, I, you know, I'm, I just in November 1st, I'm 10 years into stand up comedy and for a stand up comic that's still very young in the game. Uh, but, you know, usually I do 150 to 200 shows a year. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it was all it was now working into the States. I was in Nashville and Atlanta 
And I was doing, I was booking for 2020, the Eric Johnston wanted in 50 States tour. I was going to do all the way down into Arizona, into LA, then up to Seattle and across and back. Like I was going to zigzag the entire United States. I was prepared to live out of my car. I was going to get like a, whatever it takes. Yeah. Amazing fitness uh, gym membership and sleep and, you know, shower at the gyms and work out and sleep, sleep in my car. I was ready to do all of that. Uh, and then I do the Chicago, the seven sold out shows. I come home on March 15th and the border closed on March 17th. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Yeah. So I let things settle. There was really nothing to do in the first lockdown. But as soon as you were allowed to have backyard uh, gatherings of up to 50 or 100 people in, in southwestern Ontario here, um, I did the Eric Johnston Campfire Comedy Tour where I literally became a fucking clown for the summer and in terms of i would show up with like a speaker a microphone a stool and two opening acts and perform in people's backyards yeah Uh, and i did like 15 of them and i was up in i was in barrie i was in wasega beach i was uh hamilton toronto and niagara falls and fort erie and then uh, I did a huge one. I rented out a farmer's field here in Stony Creek. I sold a hundred tickets to a farmer's field and built a stage out of log fucking cabin wood and all this shit. And, and then that got locked uh, locked down. And then the, I found out that Toronto, Kingston and Ottawa, the absolute comedy club that you've seen me at before, uh, they were allowing 50 people. And I was like, okay, let's book it. I let's talked to the back. owner. He yeah. gave me 27 shows. Wow. I did 27 shows of 50 people. I was doing two, three a night just to get the people in. And then I came home, locked down again. And it's like, now you can't go anywhere. And I went, okay, fuck it. I'm going to build a comedy club in my basement. I'm going to get a logo printed with a backdrop, a microphone. And uh, now I've been doing Zoom comedy and I did the Zoom New Year's show. So it was just, again, by any means necessary. Yeah. You know, in- including Serb, this is the most money I've ever made in a year. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't st- I didn't stop working. I made regular money plus another 20K in Serb. So let's go. Well, I think already we've demonstrated where you get that that drive and that grind from. Obviously, it's from your dad. So why don't we talk a bit about the uh, the documentary you're working on, Eric? So there's a picture of your dad. We showed him earlier, Bullwhip Johnson. And there is another picture side by side with you. Uh, and is that a replica of his outfit or is that? No, that's the exact his ring wear outfit. Uh, wow. He wore that up till his last match. Uh, his last match was with the ICW in 1999, 98. Um, but yeah, that's so the, the document I made a small uh, today, ironically, is my dad's would have been my dad's 67th birthday. Wow. Uh, yeah. So he died in 2003 when he was 49. So slightly different story. But yeah, right. anyways, I've I've made my career off not only bringing up my career, but bringing him with me. So I wear the shirts and all my logos and stuff. And I got the bullwhip stickers and all that stuff. I bring that on the road with me and sell that alongside of my own merch because a lot of people who follow me know my story. And they're like, do you have any of your dad's stickers? And I'm like, yeah, I do actually. Nice. Um, Now I made a little five minute documentary called Chasing Footsteps. The idea of my father was a professional wrestler. He died. I wanted to keep his legacy going, but I didn't want to wrestle. So I became a stand-up comedian and I'm never going to stop. That got a massive response. Um, and and people are like, well, what, what else can you do with this? So now I was supposed to be doing it again, 2020. Uh, that got pushed back. It's a documentary called Becoming Bullwhip. And it's me as a 30-year-old, somewhat successful stand-up comedian saying, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to follow in the footsteps of my grandfather and my father. And I'm going to become a professional wrestler. 
and I'm going to work out a match and I'm going to go through all the training. It's going to be all real. Like it's, I'm going to try to protect the business as much as I can. It's called kayfabe. I'm trying to try to keep the kayfabe of the business going as much as I can. Okay. Uh, Santino Morella and Battle Arts Academy have reached out and they want to do some training. Stone Rockwell, uh, a good friend of mine, also RJ City, who's a very good friend of mine. Him and I were on a TV show called Splat A Lot together. Uh, we've become we've been friends since 2012. He wants to come in and be a part of it. Uh, Hamilton Pro Wrestling wants to be a part of it. Uh, and they all and and here's the thing because I'm this comedian, all these all these wrestling storytellers who now like Mick Foley, Jake the Snake, right, Ted DiBiase, yeah. they've all gone on these these storytelling shows and they're like, Who can we have open? Oh, the comedian whose dad was a wrestler. So now I have relationships with Mick and Jake and Ted. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, if I, call them, if I called them, they'd be like, who the fuck is this? But I'm going to try to reach out and be like, Hey, do you want to be part of this? And then all of my dad's old wrestling friends, like my dad's best friend who he broke him to the, uh, in the industry seems Harry Demersion. He's Harry D the referee. And he works for destiny. And he's also worked for impact and all these, these big wrestling promotions. He wants to ref my match. So he wants to work out all the angles and stuff. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it as legit as I can. And I'm going to get my fucking ass kicked. Like I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm like six, one, like two. Well, right now I'm two forty. I'm trying to get back down to two twenty. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm top heavy. I don't do my fucking legs. So I'm going to get my ass kicked, but I'm going to work it at, this is not going to be like some bullshit doc where like some guy comes in and learns three moves and they make a whole documentary on it. Uh, I'm kind of going to go the route, the route of uh, David Arquette. Uh, David Arquette came back and just did right. a documentary called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. And it was co-starring my friend RJ City. Anyways, he went through the proper training and like put a ring in his backyard uh, and and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to do it the same way. So there's already been interest from Amazon. Uh, and there's been, I haven't touched anything. I haven't, I haven't trained. I have no cameras have rolled. I shot one promo and then those just the concept shoot. is, is getting yeah. some attention, right? Because wrestling is hot, but it's got an interesting story because stand-up comedy is hot right now with Netflix and stuff. So you got those two worlds coming together. Yeah. Plus the idea of the emotional angle, my dad dying. And you know, you touched on it before and I can openly say my dad died of alcoholism. Wow, it's, it's a okay. tragic death that. of a lot of, of wrestlers, you know? In the wrestling, they say two uh, two vices make you immortal. One will kill you. So, you know, my dad was just an alcoholic. He didn't do roids. He didn't do drugs. He didn't do any of these things. And he died of liver failure. But these guys who are pumping steroids and 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 drinking and doing drugs and doing speed and doing coke, these guys are like 70 years old, just <laughs> new hearts yeah. and just still going. Uh, finding Ted DiBiase found Jesus and uh, they're still alive. But yeah. there's a big emotional angle of it. And I think it's just going to be, it's going to be life changing. My mom is very upset. My mom is very against it, which I think oh, will, be really? great, will be a great angle for the documentary. Oh. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I'm going to be a bad guy. I'm going to try to get as much heat as I can. And I'm going to wrestle whoever wants to wrestle. And then, cool. you know, my biggest issue is my mom thinks that she thinks she thinks I'm going to continue to be a professional wrestler for the rest of my life. Oh, she's got and the I'm, fear, right? I get it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, mom, I'm 30. Like, I'm just, I, uh, yeah, I, I will just say that, Eric, like while you were talking and not to say I wasn't paying attention, but yeah, I pulled up wwe network and pulled up starcade 1990 and pretty quickly found your dad's match in yeah. that tag tournament so yeah i'll definitely check that out and if yeah, anybody pat, it's the pat o'connor memorial cup i think it's called yeah and if anybody's got wwe network i just look up starcade 1990 and it's pretty easy to find yeah yeah, yeah cool just dm me your user account and uh password <laughs> <laughs> that does that not... <laughs> whip 
<laughs> he, he doesn't got thirteen ninety nine. Okay, <laughs> somebody does right now. We're all screwed. <laughs> Eric, you mentioned something—a word that I've never seen spoken or written before—and it came up in our group chat with the with the four, five of us, four or five of us. Um, you know, multiple times you guys are making jokes or riffing on it, and I was like, I have no idea what this is. Kayfabe? What is? What is? <laughs> It I know sound, I, it sounds I know like the a pop group, but I, I was talking too much, so someone else can take this one. It sounds like a pop group from North Korea. <laughs> Kayfabe. <laughs> what is it? Anyone? Who's up? Okay. Kayfabe is the imaginary world that wrestling lives in where everything is oh, real. Oh, it's the Marvel Universe. It's it's the canon. It's everything okay. that is happening is real. Which is why when you hear the phrase breaking kayfabe, that's somebody breaking the fourth wall. So, the, if you see the Undertaker bumming a smoke off a fan, man. Yeah. 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 Like the, the wrestlers would say it too. I heard it when I was a kid. When I was really young, I knew nothing. I didn't know what it, anything about it. But then when I got older, I was like, oh, that's what he meant. But like two wrestlers would be talking and getting along, and one, a good guy and a bad guy. And if a fan came by or somebody, they'd just like kayfabe, like real yeah. quick. And, the, and so, and I heard that at Maple Leaf Gardens one time. And I didn't know, I thought it was a funny word. And then when I got older, I was like, oh, they were, they were probably just chit chatting when I walked by. So, uh, okay. So it's like at medieval times, you don't want to see the black knight talking to the yellow knight. They got to be enemies. You know what? Wrestling, wrestling is actually a lot like medieval times. If you really <laughs> actually, you know, yeah. And, and dinner and tournament. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, kayfabe actually comes from carny speech. A lot of wrestling comes from the carnival and the sideshow because wrestling started in sideshows in the circus in the in the 20s and the 30s there feats of strength uh, a lot of the speech was kayfabe and kayfabe actually came from the imaginary world of like the, that the games were real and everything in the circus was real and in wrestling it is exactly that and there's a, a legendary all the guys on the panel know what it is chris i'll explain it to you yeah. uh there was a, a red a legendary kayfabe break uh, in the late 80s when Hacksaw Jim Duggan was seen riding in a car with the Iron Sheik. Uh, the Iron Sheik was a notorious heel at the time, uh, bad guy. And, and and Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a, a major face at the time, a good guy. They were in a car together. And they got busted for drunk driving and, and cocaine possession. <laughs> that wasn't even the main part of the story. The main part of the story was that they were in a car together and it broke kayfabe. And then that's what everything's fake. Everything's fake. Uh, and there is a, uh, there's a great uh, documentary. Well, there's a great series of documentaries out now called the dark side of the ring. Um, and they talk about uh, um, David Schultz, who was a, a legendary wrestler, who my dad's actually wrestled in Moscow mania at Maple Leaf gardens. Uh, and, and my friend, Kyle Andrew Skinner, he's an actor. He played uh, Dr. David Schultz in this documentary. Anyways, they were all about protecting the business and protecting the kayfabe of the business. And John Stossel, uh, NBC reporter, tried to say, oh, this is all fake. And then David Schultz slapped him on live TV to protect kayfabe. And John Stossel sued the WWE and he was, uh, you know, he was excommunicated. Vince excommunicated him and it ruined his career all because he was trying to protect kayfabe. It's crazy. You, wow. it's, you it's said crazy. the right thing, Eric. I think Eric just nailed it. You need to start, Chris, you need to start watching Dark Side of the Ring to okay. check it out. You don't like wrestling, but these are documentaries and there's a dark side to the stories. 
you that would hook you. I think you'd love those. Oh, yeah. I do like the danker side of things, you know, and and yeah, yeah I think that could actually probably in weed hook and me. in life. And it, and it goes, it goes, it goes to show yeah, as far a... as like I was gonna say, it goes to show as like especially back in that day because today nobody's trying to pretend wrestling is real anymore. Yeah, nobody. But way back then, that was trying to keep the illusion up because that's how you made money. And in order to protect the business, John Stossel got slapped by David Schultz so hard that to this very day, he is still deaf in one ear. Yeah. Um, you also have um, like some other people on the panel might be able to um, explain this a little bit better or know about it. But uh, when uh, Big Van Vader went to jail in Kuwait because a news reporter pressed him about it and on live tv shoved him over in his chair now big van vader is being interviewed with the undertaker and here is this big gigantic man with a mask on with a reporter by the scruff of his throat and the undertaker is just sitting back there chewing tobacco being like i'm not going to jail on Kuwait. i'm just gonna sit back there <laughs> um so that's like a big difference between what professional wrestling or kayfabe was in the 1980s and even to an extent in the 1990s versus what it became in the later 2000s the limp biscuit it was like limp biscuit forward <laughs> everyone accepted accepted yeah well this. no the reason why kayfabe was broken for, in the biggest way is because vince mcmahon found out that he would get tax breaks if he called it sports entertainment and not sports if he uh, called it entertainment thing, he then he had to go to Congress and say, this is all fake. It's an entertainment. It's a soap opera. Give me tax breaks. <laughs> and then he did. Like, like even back in the day, you used to have to have a license to wrestle. You used to have to answer to athletic commissions, kind of similar to what UFC or any MMA promotion does today. And by Vince McMahon coming out and saying, this is just an entertainment show. It's like a circus. He wouldn't have to abide by any of that. Right. Yeah, that was a big there's, thing. Too. I wish no I knew that was going to come up. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Eric. The the pandemic recently. So when here's a funny thing. When when this all happened, and the government laid out, okay, this is what you can do and who can do what. I mean, I, I think I heard every promoter go with me online and scroll down to see, and it said if for sports, and they had in brackets wrestling and judo. That's outlaw. They can't do that. Hmm. And that's like okay, well, that's amateur. That clearly means amateur wrestling. When it got to the theater part, um, we realized we're, we didn't know where we were. Are we in the sport? Are we in the theater? Because it's just the way it was worded. So it's funny. All of us were joking with each other about how for years when someone would say, ah, you guys, you're not athletes. Like, what are you talking about, man? This is athletic. This is a sport. And now we're like, no, no, it's we're the athletes. We're not athletes, wrestle. <laughs> not athletes at all. <laughs> it's all entertainment, Mr. Ford. We can wrestle. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> let me, let me, let's jump into the theater of it all. That's a question I have. Does any of these storylines ever lose you guys? Has he, have you ever looked at one of these storylines like, no, nah, that's too much? Like, like what's his name in the U.S. Congress the other day? Just me, like, yep, I'm out. Like Lindsey Graham, that's right. They had him on TV. He was just like, yep, I can't go there with you. I'm, I'm against this. Like he Bef turned on Trump on live TV. Like before anyone says anything, I will just say all wrestling fans do is complain about every storyline that has ever happened. At <laughs> oh, okay. Any point in time. Internet is the worst thing to happen to wrestling. It's yeah, I bet. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. The Katie Vick uh, was a little rough. <laughs> 
What was that? We, we, oh, wow. we, okay, we need to save that one for its own thing. You can't just <laughs> drop Katie Vick on him now. Um, Katie Vick was a lovely woman, Chris. Don't worry yeah, about okay. it. But, but yeah, no. I don't know. Like, I remember I, I China. Would, <laughs> I, I, would, I would compare it to any other show like Game of Thrones or Walking Dead where you complain about story developments in that show, about character deaths, about yeah, yeah. a character going to shit, that kind of thing. Yeah. What was I the- think for me, you know, after my dad died in 2003 and then after I was kind of not over wrestling, you know, I, it's interesting. I've never really been on the, on the, on the side of wrestling as a, as a Mark that they're called a Mark is someone who is fully committed, th- thinks it's real, even though they know it's not, they follow the storylines, they follow the wrestlers at every match. And I think Mark's make the world go round. I think it, without Mark's, there would be no wrestling industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another term called a smart. Someone called they, they're a smart Mark. They know more. They 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 know more about the angles. They know more about the the illusion of it. But they still are a Mark. I feel like I have I've approached the wrestling world as a worker because I'm the son of of a third generation worker and i'm also in the entertainment industry i've been an actor since i was six years old i've been a stand-up yeah. comedian since i was 20 i kind of look at it like that now after 2003 when my dad died i took a break from wrestling it was hard for me to watch but i feel like that kind of 2004 to like 2010 11 was kind of a little bit of a dark time in wrestling they had eugene who was a wrestler with uh you know uh, mental uh, deficiencies and they had uh they had they brought a, a midget wrestler back and he was uh, a horn swoggle hang it on, hang on a, a second no they did not have a special yep. needs a special needs that's the word i was looking for special special needs needs I, yeah i don't know what the 2021 nomenclature is it changes all the yeah. time but i'm going with special needs they had a special needs wrestler yes and that oh, wrestler the, yes, well, not pretending to be, but in character, his yeah. character oh. was. Oh, that's was. even worse. I know. He and went you know full, what? He went full R word. I know, <laughs> and, and that that character might not fly today. But here's the thing about the special needs wrestler uh, named Eugene was that while looking stupid sometimes, he was portrayed in a very positive light. In fact, he was portrayed as superhuman. Like he comes out and he's scratching his hair and then he gets in the ring and he's just kicking the ass of like Triple H and all these other wrestlers. And um, the real guy who played Eugene, his name is Nick Dinsmore, who was like a very intelligent man, said that he actually got fan mail saying, hey, thank you for representing like my son who has problems All right. he got a lot of positive feedback but he also as you'd imagine got a lot more negative feedback <laughs> I, not good heat i yeah i would say that 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 was like just slightly off the woke mark you know yeah, for no, it was a little it was yeah. preemptively woke yeah preemptive and just not quite there yet you know uh all right so what about uh, the rest of you guys there's is there another moment another storyline that really grabs you as just being over the top or i don't know if one grabs me like outrageously dumb yeah 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 <laughs> okay then we got to talk about katie vick now there's there's nothing, <laughs> okay. there's nothing else we can do um, so who wants to jump on explaining Katie Vick to Chris? I, I actually, I, I recommend you guys seem very passionate about it. I'll let you do No, 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 Eric, you're a stand-up comedian. I feel like you could put this to <laughs> the best. You know what? I actually don't know much about it, to be honest. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I feel like you guys are like it, arguing it, it, over who's gonna sing Wonderwall at the campfire. Yeah. Like, you know, who's gonna it, fucking sing this thing again? It was um, a it was a gimmick. The Undertaker, you know the Undertaker. Yeah, okay. Kane. It was Kane. No, 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 I know, but I don't know if he knows okay. Kane. So oh, okay, the Undertaker's sure, sure. brother, Kane, 
um, the 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 storyline was that he that Katie Vick was a, a a body that he was having sex with. Okay. Um, and it didn't last. They didn't keep it going very long. How long did it go? How long did it? Uh, it so two it was or three weeks, I think. Yeah. Was it? it was. It was an entire month. So. Triple H, who is this wrestler, comes out and says, Kane, I know a secret about you, and I'm going to tell yeah, the whole world right. um, unless, yeah. unless you beat me in this match. And then and then Triple H like just decides, you know what, I'm going to come out anyway and say it. And he says, he says, I know what you did to Katie Vick in high school. You got in a car accident with your girlfriend, Katie Vick, and she died next to you. And the only thing that you could think no. to do was fuck her dead body. So, <laughs> no. So, and then he says, but guess what? I no. have footage of it. No. I have footage of it. And I'm going to show the whole world next Monday night. Next Monday night comes around. And Triple H says, I have the footage of Katie Vick and I will show it right now. And cut to not Kane, but Triple H in a funeral home wearing Kane's mask. There is a mannequin in a cheerleader outfit in a coffin. And he proceeds to dry hump this fucking mannequin on live, not national, but international television. And the storyline just ended for some reason. Oh, I wonder why. They pulled <laughs> now, <laughs> now in they pulled the plug. They pulled the now, plug. Now here's the thing I will tell you in reality. Triple H said this in a documentary. They filmed this in a real funeral home while actual funerals were happening next door. Oh, so my it was real God. embarrassing to for him when people accidentally walked into the wrong room. Oh my God. <laughs> oh and that's what they saw. Wrestling! I don't know, I, I don't Wrestling! know if you break kayfabe in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's all now, work. Now it's all I get work. it. She's a mannequin. It's a work. <laughs> now I get kayfabe. That was hilarious. Yeah, I finally yeah. get it. I finally understand. Uh, guys, we're going to have to wrap this up. I, I love having this chat tonight. This was great having you all on, and you're all friends of mine, and welcome back on the podcast in any capacity, non-wrestling capacities as well. You're all thoughtful and uh, awesome people. Um, and, yeah, yeah. And, but do we have you, though? That's the question before you wrap up. Do, will you watch... Those documentaries? We'll give you Star K90, because that's a good one for me. Sure. I want to show you that promo, because you're going to pop. Popping is getting excited. I feel like when we had dry humping a mannequin in a coffin. like Yeah, we lost just, a little bit there. I think that should have grabbed you. That should have <laughs> grabbed Well, I do want something that I can watch with my wife on a Monday night. You know? I, mean, it's, <laughs> I uh, think, I, eh. to wrap this up, I think the soon as the WWE started cutting to, cutting to commercials in the middle of matches... That's when I was like, all right, this is too much of a business. And if you will, yeah. if you want to watch real wrestling right now, and I'm just now getting into it after being having multiple wrestlers tell me that I have to watch it, is AEW is fantastic. It is, it makes you feel that original uh, feeling that you had in that attitude era, or even the the yeah. early '90s. If that's that's Chris Jericho's promotion. Uh, I think people are moving away from the 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 WWE and moving into the AEW and the impacts and all that stuff. And there's some great Canadian guys who are getting over in uh, the states in in those places. So I think that's the it's the it's wrestling. It, it in a in an ending note because uh, I know you're trying to wrap. It's, it's okay. Yeah. 
it's more than um it's more than just the matches it's the entertainment for all of us and it's all it's the it's the storylines but it's the athleticism it's a lot of things and uh it's just fun man it's just fucking fun yourself go and get into it yeah and there's nothing better than a live match so when barry wrestling starts up again you have to go and well i i literally feel like the best way for him to get into it is if he goes to a match and gotta go to a live show yeah Yeah. you gotta see that'll bring you to barry wrestling so oh yeah that was that was that was my fallback position was all right i'll go to a show like that so yeah yeah when i start working you can come to one of my shows. Okay. We're going we're gonna to book Eric, too. Yeah, I was going to say, I got to do a little circuit. I can't just work one match. I got to do right. a bunch. We'll get you and RJ together. That's right. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, like, I'm glad I can connect everybody here together, too, on that note as well. And, and uh, I'm really glad that all you guys are so passionate about your thing. And, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm catching on to the mystique, at least certain parts of the mystique. And, um, and I really loved uh, chatting with you again, uh, Sean Gibson from Barry today and Barry wrestling, uh, for sure. Keep me up to date on when the next show is, especially if Eric is going to, there's going to be a, would you call that a some crossover crossover? <laughs> yeah. And I won't yeah. get double cross. I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Matt McLean, of course, Fresh Radio Barry, and Mark Davis from 1010 CFRB Toronto with, uh, what is it, Mad Dog Michaels? Or does he call himself Mad Dog anymore? Uh, He calls himself J Mad Dog Michaels along with uh, Ryan Doyle. Ryan Doyle. Okay, Mm. awesome. You can hear Mark sometimes on that program. Mostly you can hear his fingers going beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 pressing buttons (laughs) for those guys. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Big Chris Live. Not live, but uh, you can catch it as always uh, on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Dean Blundell Podcast Network at deanblundell.com. Thanks again, everybody. Yeah! Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.